Hello friend. Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are here of course to talk about Mr. Robot, Season 4, Episode 9. It's called 409 Conflict. So full spoilers for the episode, as always. And, you know, I think after two episodes ago, after the the, 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 the play episode where we had the big reveal about yep. what happened in Elliot's past, we kind of had this moment where we went, geez, there's six episodes left, right? And likewise, at the end of this one, which has a lot of climactic stuff in it, I went, there's four more episodes left. Do you know what is interesting, <laughs> I was about to say, because I don't know if you remember, originally, this was going to be two seasons, and then uh, Esmail was like, do you know what, I haven't got enough material for two, can I do one slightly longer season? You think this was the, the finale, essentially, of what the, the, the fourth season would have been? I do, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. Well, it was right then to say that he only had four more in him. There. <laughs> if there was only four more yeah. episodes left, he was right to say, you know what, that's not enough for a season. That's just... Yeah. That's just... Although, uh, I have I, to it, imagine he probably rejiggered things a little bit. Some things would have moved around. Yeah. Like Some of the episodes that we've had already in this might have actually kind of ended up been in... Yeah, the dramatic beats of, say, I don't know, um, if not the reveal, maybe... Maybe the uh, you know the Santa Drive episode, for example. Maybe the dramatic beats in that one might have been a later thing. Yeah, or something and, like that. and I think we'd have kept the uh, the reveal with his father for before this because I think that was important to have before this moment. But all mm. the stuff that they're teasing about the other uh, personality, I think that could have been in the 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 stuff later. Yeah, we got some pretty big stuff on that even right at the start of the episode. So uh, we'll talk about yeah, that in a second. And, uh, Something that we actually spoke about last week that you kind of emphatically went, nah, that's definitely not the case. I want to bring back up because I, I feel like I might have been onto something. No, we'll, uh, we'll dive in. Uh, we'll dive in. Uh, we start off with Mr. Robot just walking through a hallway. And, when, and obviously at first you're thinking, is this him just leaving the... I mean, like, like, it couldn't even be the museum because because they went back to the all safe at the end of the episode. But like, you know, is this just he him leaving? Been, where, where is he? Yeah, yeah, somewhere. Um, and he's walking towards the door. And I actually kind of called it a second before we actually saw the other side. You just sort of yeah. realized, wait a minute, he's going to do it. Oh, wait a minute, there was a door. Door was a big he, thing. He, even before he gets through the door, did you notice he had a? Yeah, obviously it's just the way it was lit, but he had two shadows. Uh, I didn't notice two shadows. No, but uh, which I think is interesting for one of two reasons. One, it's symbolizing the three personalities, right? And he's the, the dominant one at that moment, essentially. Or two, it is something that you know I mentioned last week, the, the two different sides to Mr. Robot, you know, the with and without the hat. Well here's here's the thing. I have I have a problem with the term third personality after this scene. Because it's not a third personality. That was an assumption made by us and everyone yeah, watching. Okay. Um yeah. I think third personality is completely incorrect in order to, in what to call what we're actually talking about here. I'm not sure it is in the sense that I don't think the mother or the child ever have control. They're... I never said they did. I wasn't even no, talking no, about them. No, 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 but what I'm getting to is, so those are more like the the subconscious devil and angel on the shoulders, whereas Mr. Robot Elliot and the third one uh, you know, would have would have the potential to have actual control of the body and and be themselves. So I think that's why I, I distinguish them right now. Um, and I'm not sure what you're going to correct on me, honestly, because I feel like that's confirmed what I was thinking. To be honest, um, where... that's interesting. Because what well, to me, all this scene said to me is that it's not a third personality. That the third, the third as we were calling it, is just Elliot who has the memories of everything. Is Elliot the real Elliot who has everything? Because what they talk about in this scene, uh, the mum says to says to Mister Robot, um, she asks him about you know like how's it going or whatever, and he says it's not going to happen today. No point in waiting here now. Um, and they kind of debate a little bit of like how you know you've let this go on too long. Like you have to fix this, and he's like I didn't know what was going on, but and they get to a point where he's like let us do the hack, let us finish this job, and then I'll try my best and she says how are you going to do that and he says i'm going to show him what he did which is a very interesting line in of itself because i immediately went wait what, what, do you, what did he do what did he do yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first we're hearing about this at least uh, at least overtly i mean maybe there's some hints that, that we could go back yeah, yeah. and find but um 
and she she says she she basically starts talking about how this feels like it's pointless is is this hopeless because he hasn't woken up since and he cuts her off and says that's not true he woke up for darlene and says uh you know maybe she's the one who can help us and to me that said because we assumed that when mr robot said to uh elliot um that wasn't me and he kind of looked at him worried we kind of took this as okay neither of them know who they're talking about and there's a third personality this scene tells me that no mr robot does know who what this other person was it's just but it's not a third personality in the same way that mr robot and elliot are at least the, the way i'm reading it right now to me because even the way they speak here he's not woken up since and he goes no no, no he did he woke up for darlene uh no no here's the bit where it gets interesting is that i agree with you in that the, the what they are referring to here the the quote-unquote third personality is the real elliot the bit that i i'm going to say is i i feel like gave more evidence for something i said last week mm-hmm. is that the elliot that we've known throughout the entire show is an alter alternate personality in the same way that mr robot is uh you know i, I mentioned we we looked at that scene from you know, you know 104 the you know the the prophecy dream sequence and uh in that angela said to to elliot you've only been born a month or something like oh that, yeah no i remember i brought that up because to me this elliot was only born a month ago because this version of elliot who doesn't remember everything only came into being after the incident where he was locked in the server room and he had to go to therapy for it yes but i think it's less uh less just this is very very similar to the elliot that we're you know, you know the, the the normal you know Elliot with all the memories. I think this Elliot that we've been seeing is actually very different from that Elliot, and m- more different than we probably realize. This isn't as different as Mister Robot is from from Elliot now. This Elliot is, is as different from the the real Elliot, is what I assume. What I think is though the Elliot we've been seeing is actually the third personality. For the entire show is the third personality, so it's. The real Elliot, the one that you know is asleep. Sure, you never said this last week. I, I, I am refuting that I disagreed with this because you never said that last week. I definitely said elements of this. I'm sure I did. If you did, you didn't explain it well enough. Okay, maybe not, but because I, de- I, 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 I do not recall any of this. Yeah. So what's weird about this though is I feel like we're essentially saying the same thing. You're just tied heavily to phrasing it the exact one way. I, I think it's even though what I'm saying is exactly the same thing. <laughs> it, it is, but the, the the point that I'm disagreeing on right now is is you're saying you know you don't like the phrase third personality. And you, I think... you can't you can't disagree with me saying I don't like something. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with the fact that you don't like it, but the the fact that you you think it's incorrect to say that. Uh, what I've di- what what I'm disagreeing with there is, I think it is correct. We're just referring to the wrong one as the third personality, and also, I think we should continue using it just for convenience sake because that's what everyone else is doing. No, no, the real Elliot. We we have we have Elliot, Mister Robot, and the real Elliot. There you go, easy. Sure. The true Elliot, the the Alpha Elliot, whatever you want to call him. This is broken Elliot. It is, yes. Joe, I was uh, I was seeing some comments during the week about um, uh, you know the, the the different personalities in general as to you know um, you know the, the in in reality you know how that you know what this happens from you know people who have gone through you know that sort of abuse. And uh, it was comments from you know people who were care workers in this environment uh, talking about how there are often three personalities. Uh, one usually deals with the anger, one deals with the pain, and one is kind of the the core standard. And it's interesting that you know Mr. Robot is very clearly anger, and and I think the Elliot that, that we've been seeing through the through the show is uh, it would very much represent you know holding on to that pain, uh, even though he hasn't remembered it. Um, the entire show has been, you know, how depressed he was uh, from the very start, uh, and you know, and he was, you know, taking morphine just to cope. Um, so I thought that was uh, just some interesting stuff that I read. Yeah, uh, the opening scene is clearly them talking about the real Elliot kind of re-emerging, um, mm. and again going back to the idea of it feeling hopeless. But you know, unlike when he reacted initially when Elliot confronted him about it. Uh, but who, you know, thinking it was, you know, Mr. Robot had this conversation with Darlene, but no, there was a third. Um, his, his demeanor here is completely different. It's one of hope. It's one of, no, that was actually a sign that things might get better. Um, I think, yeah, when, what we read as confusion and, you know, uh, from both of them, with we, we assume Mr. Robot didn't know what was going on either. I think it was more, 
oh, shit. that he was unaware that it had happened. I'll go one step further. I would say it's, I mean, maybe confusion, he's unaware that it happened, but I'd say it's more confusion because he didn't expect it to happen. He's surprised that it happened because it's been so long. He's surprised that, wait yep. a minute, oh shit, this actually happened. There's a, there's a chance. Like, yeah. we're, we're on a path to recovery or we're on a path to something. Yeah, so then we go to the hotel room where Darlene's waiting. Her hair's all wet. She's clearly, you know, cleaned up that, that bloody wound she had from last episode. And Mr. Robot comes in. Just Mr. Robot. It's not like one of these situations where we're spotting between them. You know, Elliot isn't here. He's not going to appear for a while. In fact, there was a point in this episode where I thought he might not appear at all. Episode, uh, you know. Yeah. We went far enough that I was thinking, oh, maybe maybe this will be the Elliot Free episode and it's just Mr. Robot because he can't deal with any of this. So Mr. Robot's taken over for the time being. And Mr. Robot even narrates and that's obviously something he's been doing all season. Um, but Darlene's pissed at him. Demands to know what took him so long, where he's been. You know, uh, he's like, oh, I got sidetracked. Just give me a break. Uh, night's not exactly went as I planned. And she's like, hey, do I hear about the night I've had? And he's like, hey, it's not a pissing contest, sweetheart. And what I love about this is that even before I see her reaction, as soon as I heard the, the word sweetheart, I went, she's, she's going to know exactly who this is. She's going to know. Well, well, no, 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 no. You're jumping the gun there. We have never had Darlene acknowledge in this way that she knows who Mr. Robot is. Have we not? No. She is never, ever, and in the way that, you know, we had, like, you know, uh, Vera a couple of episodes ago, like, you know, sw- you know, have them switch and then acknowledge mm. that they switch personalities. Darlene has never done that. Now, admittedly, given this scene and the idea that she's clearly aware that this can happen, it makes me very curious, you know, again, recontextualizing past scenes and, like, is she aware of which one she's talking to? Um, my instinct, though, from this moment is that he's never been overtly obvious that he's changed in front of her for most of the show. And I'm wondering if her recognizing this is actually from before, because we know he's had spells like this from before the show, where he he forgot things and he had Mr. Robot around. And it makes me wonder if her recognition here of Mr. Robot is actually dating pre the show. It's not. It's not something that has been going on through the show for her. It's possible. I am thinking, though, you know, in in season one in particular, she was interacting with both Elliot and Mr. Robot quite Mm. heavily as independent personas. Um, So I wouldn't be too surprised if, I mean, I don't recall the detail, but, you know, at some point Elliot has filled her in afterwards or she's figured out the pieces herself and gone, okay, which, you know, she's kind of, oh, those ones were Mr. Robot. I mean, some of that's a pretty big assumption. So her saying, why are you here? clearly knowing that it's not Elliot standing in front yeah. of her was a huge moment. Like, I, I I, was, like, kind of, you know, on the edge of my seat here because it felt like it was harkening back to, again, pre-show stuff. It was harkening back mm. to their relationship prior to the events of the show. And I was... Uh, that's felt like a big deal to me. I mean, someone can try and correct me if they want, but I, I really don't think she has ever acknowledged this, ever. You could be right. I, like I said, I don't have... A, a firm memory of any time she explicitly has. It's just for whatever reason in my head, she has been aware. But again, I'm not confident enough to, to argue on that at all. Yeah, I, I get, I, I, I generally, yeah, she, I don't think she has. Uh, this is the first time she said, you know, outright, oh, I'm acknowledging you're someone else. And she never really like, calls him Mr. Robot. I mean, maybe she has a different yeah, name for him. You might not know the name, yeah. but I think she's, she's, she's clearly aware of the personality shift, if nothing yeah. else. I mean, hell, this could be something that she just knows from, like, when he was a kid, or you know, like this could be this could be really dating back, mm-hmm. uh, potentially. Because I mean, as we, as we've proven throughout this season, like Mister Robot in some form has been there since he was young. Yes, definitely. At, at the time of the abyss. So, um, now that was a big deal to me when when, when he said that, and I kind of smiled because her reaction to me, because I was expecting the reaction of. You don't sound like Elliot, but her reaction wasn't that. It was like, "Why are you here?" Like she, you know, she she already knew. She had enough information to ask the right question, you know. And he won't tell her what's happened. He just makes it clear that he needs to be here right now. Um, because she asked where where's Elliot. She asked where he is. Um, and when she's demanding to know exactly what happened. He just says he needs to be one to tell you when he's ready, and he's very kind of soft when he says this. He's not like you know being his usual argument of self. He's very sort of understanding and just trying to make it clear, like no, this is kind of his thing to tell you. I can't pass this yeah. on. Um, so 
And then Price shows up. He's got a USB stick. He's, he's got a sort of last request, as it were, before he goes to this meeting. And worth mentioning, this hotel is across the street from the meeting, uh, as previously planned. And Price, uh, you know, or Mr. Robot's like, hey, like, this is a bit late to be making demands. He's like, this is not a demand. This is basically a favour. Uh, and it's uh, to do with the White Rose's uh, device, the machine, the project. So everything's on this USB stick. And when kind of prodded as to why this is important, he says, because it was important to Angela. It was her wish to kind of destroy everything. And it was at the end, at the very end when he... At the very end, yeah. yeah. So, um, and of course, Mr. Robot doesn't really put much of a fight. And I, I, you know I'm really liking these past couple of episodes really seeing a different side to Mr. Robot. Like, him kind of softening up and being more understanding. What, last week when I mentioned, you know, oh, you know, with and without the hat, I think this is why it feels like it's possible because it is so jarring when you go and watch some of those previous experiences with Mr. Robot. He was not, it didn't feel like he was protecting Elliot in those ways. It, it, he felt antagonistic at points. Um, whereas this does feel, you know, actually protective and, and caring. Uh, and, you know, and like I say, he, he he manages to be soft in some of these scenes. Yeah, and he's got his hat on for all this episode, for the record, uh, just to make that yeah. clear. Uh, yeah. So he's in protection mode. Um, favorite part of this, well, not favorite part of the scene, favorite part of the scene was definitely the, the sweetheart and the, the reaction to it. Uh, mm. But my second favorite part of this was, again, Darlene's reaction to something. Uh, when Price mentions Angela, the camera kind of spins round, uh, staying on him, but reveals Angela kind of over his... Not Angela, sorry, that'd be, that'd be a really weird moment. Uh, reveals Darlene over his shoulder, and she's just kind of like, no, I'm like, what? Yeah. And it's, it's not until after... And I kind of clocked, I was like, oh, wait, she doesn't know what his relation to Darlene, uh, to Angela is. And, we were doing that a lot at the start of the season. I know. Uh, and it's because we've not really talked about Angela as much in the last few episodes. So Price leaves... And she's like, why does he know Angela? What's what's going on? And he's like, I'll fill you in. And it happens kind of off camera, but I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up here. And I was so excited about Elliot seeing Darlene again. And it does kind of happen over the phone later a little bit, but uh, there's still more to do, obviously. I, I can't wait for the full conversation. But that's not to say that I was disappointed in all this because Mr. Robot, like, A, her realizing it's Mr. Robot and talking to Mr. Robot as Mr. Robot. And also them talking about Elliot and the way that he's like really implying something big went down but he can't tell her all of this was had me on the edge of my seat emotionally i was into all of it uh all that was working oh this is uh all, all been excellent stuff so far yeah uh so yeah, yeah uh so then we go to price entering the building uh there's a lot of symmetry not only in him entering the building but when he gets in the building uh, you know, when he's getting in, there's like a big red, you know, car picking up these stairs into this. It's like a, you know, big Coliseum Museum style building and he's going in and when he gets in the floor, it's all these square patterns and everything's diamond shaped. You know what's funny is just the visual of this reminded me of Twin Peaks. Oh, I can see it. Um, I, I did note down actually that uh, as he's going in, one of my favorite little touches is that he's walking at a fairly steady pace, but when he gets up past the second, because it's like, you know, it's like one of those things where there's like a flight of, uh, you know, like eight or 10 steps, flat sort of stretch, eight or 10 steps, flat stretch, eight or 10 steps. When he gets to the second flat stretch, he kind of slows down and kind of just, I mean, remember to like cut to his face around, right? the camera's behind him the whole time, but there's just this moment of like slowing down to kind of like, acknowledge the situation he's in to sort of comprehend what he's about to do. There's just a, there's a little human moment. Save at the moment a bit. And all it is is pacing. All it is is the pacing of his walk changes for a little bit. Yeah. And he goes, and then he continues on. Um, I will mention that from this point on, there's a lot of cutting between things. So I might say things in slightly out of order as they happen because it's cutting between whatever, you know, Mr. Robot and Darlene are saying versus what uh, Price and Zang are saying to each other. There's a lot of back and forth throughout this chunk of the episode. Uh, so, uh, we come back to Darlene and Elliot, or Mr. Robot, I should say, and she's just kind of surprised about the price and the father thing. Why didn't she tell me? And he kind of rightly says, well, maybe she didn't know, and she didn't until the very end. Yeah. And she says, I really miss Angela. And Mr. Robot looks at her and says, oh, I don't want to have like a conversation. You don't have to talk about it. I just really need to say that. And he's like, okay. And it's, again, it's just this kind of... I don't know. There's, like, it's kind of an awkward moment, isn't it? Because obviously, if it was Elliot there, he, he'd be sitting. You know, me too. But because it's Mister Robot, he he just doesn't quite have that same. 
connection. And I know we have a different actor actually playing Mr. Robot, but it's amazing to me how just the chemistry and the relationship changes now that mm. she knows who she's talking to. It feels yeah. different to every other time she's talked to Mr. Robot. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, so, really great stuff. Uh, White Rose is kind of smug, thinks he's, he's clocked the plan, uh, or at least there is a plan, and he's, you know, because uh, Pr- Price knows that he's suspecting something, and he's kind of like, you know, and, he, and his plan is to stall White Rose as much as possible, to stall Zhang, because they have to do this whole plan. I'll explain the plan uh, later it's, when there's actual things going on. They've they got to get phone numbers. Yeah. Um, so, and Mr. Robot is kind of realizing something's fishy here. No one's been in and out of the building. This is weird, but there's, there's still tons of security. So, someone important's in there. He guesses that White Rose is in there, and is like, okay, and he's like, what would Elliot do? And he, he starts looking up things, and they, they use uh, basically Tyrell's invite. They go to Tyrell's like, inbox and find out that, oh, the, the meeting place was changed. It's at this other place at Broadway. So Darlene's like gearing up, we need to go, we need to go, and he's like, no, I'm going to stay. I think White Rose is still in there, and we need her number as well, so I need to stay here and get that. Um, Darlene's not happy. But my favourite little touch here is that when he first suggests they need to split up, and Darlene says... But what if something goes wrong with the plan? There's nothing special about that line. It's her delivery. Hmm. Her delivery of that line, her voice kind of quivers as she says it. She's terrified that she's splitting up with Elliot again and that something bad might happen to him. And it's all in the delivery of that one simple sentence. It's so good. It is. It's, uh, it's fantastic acting. Uh, you know, this show has been great having you know, just fantastic actors top to bottom. Uh, this episode is no exception. Yep. Um... So, Zhang asks, you know, what's Elliot's plan? Um, he, he offers him a painless death. You know, we'll take you home and give you an injection and you'll die quietly in your sleep. He, he even, like even says that, oh, I was going to let you retire and just live out your old age as a gift. <laughs> as a gift. Yeah. I like how, uh, you know, even before you get all this, the price is just like, just cut the shit. I'm too old for this, bollocks. Just, you know, let, let's have a drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some uh, little bit of the bubbly out in the table, and Price starts drinking. Which actually, one of my favorite things throughout this next section is is Price sort of letting himself get drunk because I I quite enjoy a couple of his reactions uh, whilst he's intoxicated. It's it's just you know he's he's accepted his fate at this point, and he's like might as well go out with a, with a with a bit of fun. Well, it's it's more yeah, but it's it's got this extra sort of thing here where he. He he's going to enjoy because he, he's expe- he's expecting to die. He's expecting to not come out of this alive because of who he's dealing with. But he knows that he's assuming the plan goes 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 to goes to plan basically. Um, he he's going to get to rub this in and he's going to enjoy dragging this out and throwing it in Zhang's face. And he does come across throughout all of this. You know, he he has that moment of of fear near the start. You know, and when mm. when uh, when Zhang's like, hey, you know. I was going to do this the nice way, but you know what we do, and you're going to go through that. And he does look a little bit scared then. But after, after a while, you know, maybe it's uh, some liquid courage. He just kind of like, screw it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to revel in the fact that he's not not winning, but that, that Zhang is losing. And, you know, and, and he he does get kind of smug for the rest of the episode. Yeah, because Zhang's smug at first. And it's it's actually the first time Zhang kind of drops his smile a little bit uh, is when... Because he explains that oh the meeting's happening elsewhere, and right as we speak, Tyrell's you know impressing everyone all the Davis group with his smile, and then Price is like, "Nah, I'm pretty sure your golden boy is not going to be there," <laughs> <laughs> and he gets very concerned, and they're looking for him. They're looking for. Uh... Sang's like, "What the hell did you do to him?" He's like, "Honestly, yeah. no idea. Might be dead. Who who knows?" Yeah, and you know the assistants there, they're talking in Mandarin, and they're getting very upset with each other. Uh, she wants to postpone things, uh, delay the whole project, and he won't have that. And then she shouts out in English so Price can understand her. He's beating you. Uh, he being Elliot, for the record. And he, Price looks gleeful. It, 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 it's, it's the way he turns like, around. It's the way because he saw like, his head's like he's like. Ooh. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Is you know you know the the I'll fetch the popcorn meme. Sure, yeah. That's that's Price doing that in in, in just in a perfect reaction. So, we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the assistant walks out, and this is my favorite moment from Drunk Price is that as she walks past him, is huffing out. He sort of has this thing where he kind of like looks around twice and has this like, 
Joe was like it was like that gif of Winona Ryder when uh, David Harbour got that award and she was just sort of <laughs> looking around looking drunk like, confused and yeah. drunk but then every so often uh, the awareness of what was happening but uh, yeah it was it was him overreacting to the moment and then he, had, he cracks a line about oh that's bad management you know when your good employees storm out that's <laughs> bad management yeah oh he's, dear he's just completely living it up at the moment yeah i actually don't believe he's that drunk i think this is 99 percent just him enjoying it <laughs> i do as well yeah i think i think yeah, don't run the, the, the that enhance it a bit but he doesn't have enough to be drunk yeah nowhere yeah. near um and it is mostly just like i say he's, he's accepted his fate and he's like screw it i'm gonna enjoy what i can so next darlene gets the new location and she looks at all the security because there's literally security guards from the Dark Army, like not just at the entrances, they're spaced out every like ten feet around the entire building. Like that's what we see. Yeah. And, and then she, we have a fantastic one. Yeah. She says to herself, "How the hell do I get in?" And the camera falls, goes from her, goes into the the front door with one of the guards, and it goes in. Uh, there's the back of Trump's head as one of the people at this party. Yeah. Some Saudi princes are in there. Yeah. Uh, so you get the sense this is all the 1% of the 1%, all the most powerful people, part of the US group. And the camera's going around, the music's really pulsing, really, and we haven't gotten into the best music of the episode, but there's a very... Oh, there's some phenomenal yeah. music in this episode. But there's some pulsing music here. And this one is wonderful because it does this great thing where it bluffs out us when we think we know what's going on. Because, and it's not that it expels something out and then changes its mind. It's that it basically knows its audience is smart enough to kind of see why the one is happening and then says, no, that's not what we're doing. Because it it presents an option that you go, oh, I've seen this in other things. This this makes sense. Yeah, it it follows through this party. It gets to one of the waitresses who's, you know, given out, you know, glasses of champagne or whatever. And it follows her back into sort of the kitchen area and she grabs her coat. She's going to go out for a smoke break. And we follow her down the stairs, down to this back employee entrance. And as she's going down the stairs, I was thinking, oh, this is how Darlene gets in. She's going to somehow sneak out of the employee entrance because this is why we're, we're going down this path. And then when yep. she gets outside, the security guard says, no, this entrance is off limits even to employees tonight. Go back in. And, it go, and the camera keeps coming out and goes to Darlene and she's like, yep, that's not happening. And I'm like, that was genius. You just played me. You played me making me think, oh, I was working it out. I was figuring it out based on your camera work. Yep. And no. Uh, so, it was, and, and like, this is the sort of thing where some people might claim is indulgent in that, okay, we have this one that a lot of it you don't need necessarily, you know, to, to, to tell your beat that you, you want. You could, you could, in a boring way, show the front entrance Darling around to the side and see someone get sent back in and be like, well, still not happening. And you get it. You still go, right, okay, points made. But that's boring. This show just, you know, it goes all the way through. It shows you the decadence and all the people. I, I, yeah, I don't think this is indulgent at all. and Because it, it, it does a lot of things with what it's doing. First of all, um, it creates the energy by having it in a oneer. That's what a oneer usually it does. does. Yeah. Uh, number two... Um, it establishes what the people in there are like, what they look like, what the feeling of the room is, um, which is important for the sense because soon we're going to see them react to something. So we have to get a sense of what it's like when they're all smug and think they're all the most powerful people on the planet. Um, and it sets up the idea, because yeah, you could just cut to this back entrance, but watching us follow someone who uses that entrance out from the other, from, you know, from the inside to the out, right? From the same shot. Yeah. It gives it this sense of two things. One, it gives it the sense of okay, this is an obvious path to take and it makes it very clear and surprises us when it's not an option, when the guard says, no, you can't use this, go back inside, it's off limits. But the other thing it does by coming all the way back out to Darlene is that it gives you this impression by doing the one that Darlene has literally walked around the entire building. It gives you that feeling without showing that Darlene's walking around the entire building. No, um, I, I, look, when, when I say you could accuse it of indulgence, I don't agree with that. I, I love this. I was just more saying, I know there are people who feel the show overindulges itself. And I think this is, you know, things like this are probably why some people have that opinion, even though they're wrong. Then why bring it up? Why, why give them time? It's just, you know, it, it crossed my mind. <laughs> I was too busy enjoying good filmmaking to care about other people with their shitty opinions. So was I. I'm just, you know, as I, this wasn't in my mind as I was watching it. Just mm-hmm. as I was thinking about it later, I'm like, yeah, that's probably why people think that. So she 
yeah, so she's outside, she can't get in. Uh, she looks up and sees a poster on the side of this uh, scaffolding. Uh, there's a building sort of being worked on. And it, it's got like a, you know, the kind of F Society looking mask kind of on the, the dude who's in it, who's yeah. using a, con- actually using a computer, I think, now I'm thinking about it. Uh, and she goes into a costume shop. And it's kind of cutting back and forth, like I said here, but like she goes into a costume shop, she grabs a couple of things, and the shot ends on just this F Society looking, you know, V for Vendetta mask, like facing the camera. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, because I didn't necessarily think she was doing something with the F Society stuff yet. Like, I said, like, okay, that was a neat touch. She had the F Society mask in this costume shop. I thought she was going to use the costume shop for something else. I did too. Yeah. It was more just a, hey, look, you know, th- this was always in plain sight sort of thing. And, yeah. You know, it's just a look at the, you know, wink to the, the origins of, of the, the seasons. Yeah, it's gone by. Um, yeah. So then we have what might be some of the greatest 10 minutes of television in the history of television so um phrases with zang slash white rose um i'm going to say zang at this point because i'm going to use white rose specifically because because elliot kept calling them white rose no matter what but i felt i feel like for the sake of differentiation between when he's in the business suit, uh as a dress as a man and then when he's dressed as white rose i, I feel it's good to distinguish no, i agree them. I, I even though they are undoubtedly the same person they do feel fairly distinct, not not as distinct as you know Elliot and Mister Robot. Don't get me wrong, but there there are there are differences uh, for sure. Um, and you know Price here is always referring to him as Zhang. You know it's it's what he knows him as. And I don't know if Price is aware that this is White Rose, or I, I assume he, he probably is. So the but... phone rings, and it's uh, Price's phone, and Zhang's like, "Who is that?" Because this is not saying you know who it is. It just says you know unknown number. And he picks up, and it's Mr. Robot. Obviously, he's just here earlier. Because Zhang, unlike Darlene, can't tell the difference. No. Uh, and, and why would he? He doesn't, he doesn't know Elliot well enough. So he's talking to him, and he says he wants to meet him face-to-face. And I love this, this bit of continuity here, this callback, where Mr. Robot says, you once told me you would never meet face-to-face again. And that's true. Back in season one, he said that to Elliot. And what I love about this is that even though I do suspect they will meet face-to-face, you know, after this, I love that it waited until this point in the show. Like, it wasn't like we had it in season two and then season three. We, they've avoided it. But Mr. Robot, of course, says no. Over the phone's fine. Um, but it is worth mentioning, the happiest that Zhang ever gets in this episode is when he's talking to what he thinks is Elliot. You know, yeah. he's all smiles, he cares, seems to care about him, he, you know, and, and I don't mean cares about him the way Mr. Robot does, I mean cares about him in that he has an interest in him, he has a vested interest in him. He feels uh, like this is his way in. So, yeah. And then, of course, he says, you know, why don't you drop what you're doing, because uh, we can work together, you know, I'll give you everything you want, I'll give you some valuable information. He's like, why would I trust you? He's like, well, let me earn your trust. Let's talk about your friend, Angela. And it's as soon as he mentions the word Angela that the music starts to get really freaking good. Uh, yeah. the, the there's this uh, it's basically Angela's theme because we've heard this before, uh, not not quite this context, not, not like this, but, but we've heard. But the actual melody that's playing yeah. over the, the pulsing uh, we have heard before. Yeah. And I do, in fact, speaking of Praise's reactions, well, this was not a funny reaction. Is as soon as he mentioned Angela, Praise kind of like perked up as well, and it was a very he, kind he of was like he was getting interested. Yeah, and. Then he claims that Angela is not dead. He claims that Angela, and this is kind of genius meta writing because Esmail knew we were all going to sit and go, "What well, if she's not dead? What well, if they faked it? You know, they could fake this." If they which which to. is why, because uh, we spoke about this in the first episode, which is why it was so important that they showed us it as explicitly as they did. Yeah, but even then, Photoshop is. Oh no! No, no. <laughs> but I mean, they showed us the gunshot and her falling. Which is why, you know, it, it it seemed pretty convincing. Well, it did, but that's the beauty of this, is that later on, Price even says, I saw you drag her body away, and even I wanted to believe what you were saying. He's so, he's so charismatic when he, he when he does these speeches. Yeah, so he's given this speech. Uh, he's saying she's alive. Uh, I know he's done it as long as he's happiest at this moment, when he thinks he's, like, hooking Elliot he's, in. He, he's there going, I've got it, I'm winning. And he's like, I can take you to her. Um, and, you know, because, you know, he's saying this, and as we do this, around this time, uh, Mr. Robot stands up, because up until this point, it's been Mr. Robot, and he stands up, and the camera's directly behind him, and he's got the phone to his ear, and 
because of the shot, you know it's going to... I actually didn't think it was going to cut away. I thought it was going to snap to Elliot in shot, which is something we've never done before, but I thought it was going to do it here because it was like, no, you're going down this path of Angela, you're hitting this emotional chord. I felt like it was going to, for the first time ever on the show, just go like that and, and just snap cut to it Elliot like standing there. It could have done. I think I prefer the fact that it didn't, uh, personally. I like that, you know... Mr. Robot often, you know, literally walks away. You know, they, they always move out of frame and when they swap, usually, you know, or in this case, uh, you know, the, the shot cut away. I like that it's not just a, a snap swap. There's a, there's a reason to do it once towards the end. There's a reason to have that as an effect because they never do it. There's, there's power in it because that's not how they typically do it. Um, I get that. I get I'm not that. saying they should have done it here. I'm just saying I don't, I don't agree with the idea that they shouldn't do it ever. Uh, no, I'm not saying they shouldn't ever do it. I'm just saying uh, I, I don't necessarily want it either. But I mean, if they do, sure. But it switches to Elliot when it cuts back to him. Uh, I guess the back of his head, and he turns around. And even Elliot's body language, like, Malek's acting in this show, especially this season, has been fantastic. And his body language here, this hopeful kind of sadness that he's got going in this scene, uh, with the tear going down the eye and all the rest of it, like, even as the way his shoulders are sort of like differently slouched to normal, like everything about his posture is different. Yeah. Um, and it just it told a story. It told a story just through his body language. So, uh, and that music's still going. That music's just great. It's still going, by the way, at this point. Uh, it's through all of this. Yeah. Um. So I can show you, uh, you know what what he showed her. He's saying I can show you what I showed Angela. Uh, I can pr- show you. Uh, a world without your pain and regrets. At one point, he uses the word reset. And what were we talking about last week? We were talking about how this show ultimately, and I don't think that I've, I have not changed my opinion on this. I think, if anything, this episode just confirmed everything I felt last week about what this show is really about. It's about accepting the pain of your past, but not being defined by it and not obsessing over it and moving forward, right? That is ultimately what this show is going to be about. And yeah, Angela, why, uh, and Angela yeah, fell victim. To those, oh, she did, yeah. to, to that. That's why Angela was defeated and why she was used by White Rose. Uh, he dangled it in front of her, and he, now he's dangling it in front of Ellie. And I actually thought for a second, I genuinely thought here, that because I think that's the final point of the show, is that, that lesson, I thought that Elliot might for a while go down this path. Like, he might actually give in here, and we would go down a bit of a plot before he eventually made the right choice. Now, he didn't, I, obviously. Honestly, I think... Um... After the the final beat of last episode, this that didn't even cross my mind as a possibility here. You know that that final beat with, with Mister where he you know he says no no, no I, you know I wouldn't change things because otherwise you know we wouldn't be here you know and and, and who we are now. I think if that moment hadn't happened, I, I, I probably would have been thinking no, the no, same. No, no, that but... that makes sense. I I think it's it's just, it's about the temptation, though, right? It's about him dangling us in front of him, and it's, it's again it's what Price says later. Even though I saw you drag her body away. I still wanted to believe. And yeah. I love the... Because the, there is a moment where you think he might even go down the path before he starts saying things. Obviously, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief when Elliot says, no, that wasn't Angela. You turned her into something else. And think, um, it's, it's not even that Elliot disbelieved. You know, like Price said, he wanted to believe and he's seen the proof. I don't even know if it's that Elliot disbe- you know, doesn't believe, Zhang, that this is somehow possible. I think he is, like Price, going... Is it possible? Could it be? Could it you know be true? Um, but you know, again, he just learned that lesson you know last week with you know with with Mister Robot of you know though everything that's happened has to have happened. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that's <laughs> you know you know in terms of you know, believing it, that's it is still powerful. I think that's why this works even more. Is that when when he does say no, it's 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 stronger because he he kind of does go maybe this is possible and still turns it down anyway yeah maybe i, I don't know if i'm ready to say he does believe him or not um because I don't, I don't know if part of the lesson that he did learn it maybe is like finally convincing him that there is no change in the past and that mm. you know this isn't possible uh but you know zang or white rose is obsessed with the past is obsessed with changing things uh at least everything we see implies that based I on mean, his machine we've been talking about you know time travel and alternate realities for a while now and season two all of this all of this just fed into that you know as you know as kind of feeling on the money as to one of those options uh 
it definitely mentions alternate realities uh, i think at some point in in this episode so maybe it le- leads more towards that one but i mean it talks about reset which generally you'd associate more with time travel so who knows but yeah um he you know he says you turned her into something else that wasn't angela and you know zang's like no let me let me show her to you let me let me like let her tell you herself kind of thing and it's at this point where ellie gets a text from darlene um that says turn on the tv and he turns on the tv and he's still listening to to zang rattle on as this is happening music's still ramping up and then what pops on the tv but f society at least a new video darlene and an f society mask with the voice and again and what i love about this is the music's kind of evolved at this point and it's kind of moved away from the classic angela theme that we recognize but given some of the dramatic beats that we get to later in this episode it does make sense to me that this triumphant music that plays is an evolution of angela's theme because it it ties into something that price says later uh but this is playing and basically she says oh i'm here to reveal the deus group and the the one percent the one percent and they they control everything and they're all located at this building right now (laughs) Uh, so you can go and pay your respects and they control everything and they've done this and they've done that um and it's just the fact is is that the f society videos back in season one which this is definitely sort of giving you that hit of nostalgia for this like hey remember all this in season one um but in season one they were kind of this creepy like like we don't know if we can trust them like like you know maybe they're the bad guys should elliot you know be you know like there was a lot of like doubt with them right there was yeah this felt triumphant this felt like yeah it was like f yeah f society (laughs) like that's what it felt like Oh, and... definitely, and and it's one of those things that you know, with the you know the, the news stations reporting on it, in in the in the timeline of the show, it's only been maybe six or seven months since F Society stopped you know posted the last bunch of videos. So mm. this doesn't feel like too out there either. You know, it's like yeah, sure, you know they could post one a few months later. Yeah, they're still remembered. Uh, Zhang is furious, of course, um, and then we get a phone call between Elliot and Darlene. Uh, and Darlene recognizes that it's him and even says, Elliot, I'm glad you're back. Yeah. And it's really touching sort of small beat. And this was like the one little bit we get of like, oh, like, okay, we're not having the conversation yet. And part of me actually thinks we might even get it until like, the final episode. Part, part of me thinks we're going to get some sort of extended Elliot Darlene, like, yeah, open maybe. all like, in the finale. I have no idea what the next episode is at this point. Because you know the thing is, for the last few episodes, we've kind of known this deus group meeting has been what we've been building to right for a while now and it's been like okay well we're on the day of so it's got to be close and now it's done so what exactly are we doing next i uh, will get to my thoughts on what's coming next later um but yeah so elliot realizes a cell tower and he, tr- he needs some time so you know buy some time um He's going to basically hack into the cell tower and look for White Rose's number and then somehow rule out all the other numbers <laughs> that are in the area and lock it to him, uh, which he does with the help of Darlene, who's on location, of course, at the other building. And as, uh, and basically, we see the reactions as the video is playing of all these Deus members like sort of seeing their phones and being outraged and demanding they want to leave. And uh, Darlene's plan here is that she actually hacks into the, the, the car park that's in the building and all the bodyguards who, you know, and the drivers who take these big rich people to their jets and whatnot, uh, she traps them in there. So when they all get calls saying, hey, come and pick me up, we're leaving right now, uh, they all can get out, which delays them a bit. Um, I, I loved even just seeing on the on the, the phones who was phoning the like, Some of them, it was unknown number. So, you know, the, there was one that just said boss. Mm. But they all had like different. You know, obviously, depending on whoever their their boss was, had instructions to put it under. You know, certain things. Some were clearly told, "Do not save this number." Sure, sure. Uh, and then some of them, like whether it was boss or some other word or a name, may just be down to how that employee sees them. Like, do, is it impersonal for them? Do, yeah. do, do they just put it in his boss? Do they put it in his? Uh, I don't know. Uh, buffoon. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. In fact, Zang, I'm pretty sure Zang called Trump a buffoon. He doesn't say his name, but uh, when he's on the phone trying to like uh, calm someone down, he's like, "Don't listen yeah. to him. He's a buffoon." Like, I was like, "Yeah, that's probably Trump." Um, probably makes sense. Uh, I, d- I did notice that the Trump was a was a greedy bastard. He took two of the whatever food it was. Yes, yes, I, I didn't notice that. Um, 
<laughs> imagine if they somehow tricked Trump into actually appearing on the show properly. Like, if they said, oh, we want you to be a TV show, you're going to be a guest star. You'll Just be like, tell him, look, it's a TV show. You'll, 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 you'll be on a, you know, a, a, a national audience at the very minimum. Uh, you know, there's international deals. All you have to do is show up to a fancy party and eat some food. He'd be there in, in like 10 minutes. I love how from just the back of the head, you know exactly who it was, though. Um... It's, uh, it's, do you know what? Sometimes being a moronic prick has its benefits, to you know, when, when you're that recognisable. So... And then, of course, there's obviously public who show up because eventually the, the rich guys are going to just get to cabs, but then there's like all these mo- the, the mobs of people who show up based on the F Society video. So Darlene's done a pretty good job of stalling everyone. Um, as this is going on, um, you know, Zhang's yelling, well, this is the master plan, you think? Like, I'm, I, I'm terrified of being doxxed. And Price is like, hey, I'm just as curious as you are. I don't know what this part... Because, I mean, Price doesn't know this part of the plan. This has all been improvised. So he's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure how much of the plan he knew anyway. <laughs> Beyond, okay, you know, they, they did the phone, you know, the phone numbers and we're going to get the money. Yeah. Uh, he knew the broad stroke, sure. But I don't know if he knew the details of how they were planning on pulling it off. And then when we come back to them, uh, Price points out that... You know, he never really liked Elliot, but Elliot does bring something to the table. He says, Elliot Alderson is the only person who actually is able to hurt you, like really hurt you. And clearly, you believe that too. And Zhang looks absolutely pissed. Is is it this bit where Price calls Elliot what, my, my favorite thing in the world? Pipsqueak in a hoodie? Pipsqueak in a hoodie. I that was earlier actually. At one point, it just it cuts to them for a little quick. I didn't even note it down because it was just a quick cutaway to them. But it cuts back to him. He's like, all this fuss over a pip squeak in a hoodie. Like it just this like one yeah. little moment on its own. It's fantastic. I've I've seen the the, the memes of you know you know it's the you know from the event you know from the Avengers. You know, we have a Hulk. We have a pip squeak in a hoodie. <laughs> uh, so Price and I are outside. They're leaving, uh, and Price is kind of you know taking in the cold air. And he's like, you know, I almost let myself believe you about Angela. Even though I saw you drag her body away, I wanted to believe you. Uh, and the power of that promise, that's what Angela felt. That's how you seduced her, was the power yeah. of changing the past. And it brings up that, you know, you you sort of feed on this, this desperation that people have to rewrite their past, to have their past rewritten. That's what you promise people. But it didn't work. You weaponize it, but it didn't work. And then he says the most important line of the whole episode. He says, Angela lives on in the people uh, that love her, uh, who have just been enthused or just been, you know, sort of railed up to turn the tables to uh, destroy you no matter what. And that's why I went back to the music earlier when I talked about how Angela's theme kind of turned into the triumphant music as the, the plan was kind of starting to really come together. Uh, it makes sense because... This idea that the inspiration of the the tragedy of Angela, instead of being this this thing that made Elliot and Darlene close up and, you know, like, basically do what Elliot did because of his trauma and his childhood, instead, it became this, no, she's a martyr, we love her, we are going to fight harder, and arguably, without the death of Angela, would they have even been motivated to pull this off? Would they have had the, the passion to do this? Maybe not. And it's this idea that, her death does matter. You don't get away with this. You might, she might be dead, but in doing this, you've destroyed yourself, which is actually what the price kind of goes out to say. You did this to yourself. Um, and by the way, through all this, um, I've kind of glossed over because it, it is all just details, but it's uh, the, the hacking of the phones. You know, Darlene's like scanning them all when she's got Elena's sight, and then Elliot gets the number and gives it to her, and then she confirms the right number, and then they do the bank thing. It's, it's still v- you know, very tense because she's got to do it before they all leave. And oh, it's very good it, in the moment. It's just there's not a lot to talk about in terms of like. It's like, just great tense filmmaking. Yeah. Um, it's really good and the, you know, the, the elation when it kind of goes through there's a moment where Elliot stands up and him and Mr. Robot are seeing eye to eye it's like perfectly symmet- symmetrical in the framing uh, really good stuff um, and you know Zhang eventually gets this text and you know Price is like well if it's what I think it is we're, we're broke, broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know as Zhang says it's over and he's like yes I believe it is and he's got a smile on his face um, and he's you know, and Zang gets pissed again. He's like, "Where's my effing money?" He is like, he has been shaken to his core. He is not in control. This is the first time I've seen Zang not be in control. You know, not including his flashback, of course, because obviously he wasn't in control there. So he gets really upset. 
and he brings up something that was in the previously on which was a nice thing he put in there because it was nice to call back to this because uh, price actually quotes himself and says i said i told you before i'm a uh also what to use i can't remember the first mercenary. one but mercenary there you go uh, i'd rather see you lose than win myself um your dream of another world is as good as dead and then i loved i actually laughed out loud at this last line he says to him i laughed out loud he says you didn't lose the game you just ran out of time because that yeah. was such a, a like a a targeted insult, a targeted dig because of how he views time, because of how White Rose I mean, values time. Yeah, we've seen repeatedly throughout the show the way you know, White Rose will time things and be very precise and exact. Even at the start of you know uh, this whole sequence with Price, uh, not this scene, you know, when he goes in to, to, to the hotel, um, you know, sounds like, oh, I'll, I'll be uncharacteristically late, but I'm sure they'll understand. And, and even then it's like, okay, this is important enough for him to break his rules on time and, and punctuality uh it, you know it immediately set that up and you know kind of reminded you of that kind of trait should you have forgotten because we haven't seen much of it this season and it's this uh, line so this it's this lands. yeah it's this line where zang loses his temper and shoots him and i always kind of got the impression here that price kind of is forcing him to do this he knows he's going to do it he's he's goading him into making like an abrasive move that he's he's making him pull out a gun and shoot someone publicly in yeah, the street he's making him be as impulsive as he possibly can without thinking about it uh making him be reckless uh yeah. and, you know we end with a shot of upside down not the episode i mean but like we end this moment with a shot of upside down price as mr robot kind of uh you know rounds out the narration you know that was at the end of the one percent of the one percent um, obviously Elliot's outside by this point and Zhang as he's been escorted by his like henchman into the, the, the van um, get, catches a glimpse of the back of Elliot like he just he thinks he sees him in the distance and you know we we go to you know we end with Zhang's house um, the FBI out the door they're, they're coming in you know we've got a warrant for your arrest presumably because he shot a person in the middle of the street uh, cameras everywhere you know it's New York how far that diplomat community will go yeah, diplomatic community. Yeah, giving you a freebie on that one. Yeah, you asked for it. Uh, and you know, we go up very quietly to the bedroom where Zhang has become White Rose. As as I, I have phrased it as suiting up his White Rose, is looking at the, looking at the mirror. And as this is happening, we hear gunshots. There is a firefight happening between the FBI and presumably Dark Army soldiers uh, that are protecting White Rose, and. All I could feel from this ending, this final moment, as it cuts to black, as as White Rose is n- not being phased by the sound of a, you know all these gunshots, is that White Rose has nothing to lose now, and now has an enemy. That that to me, this is like the villain has been wounded, and is taking the worst possible form. Because now I'm not saying that White Rose is going to necessarily want to kill Elliot or come after Elliot, but Elliot did do this. Elliot did everything that just happened to white rose yeah what's interesting is i, I you know while i don't disagree with anything you just said i i kind of took this a little bit differently mm-hmm. uh for me this kind of mirrored price a little bit you know once price had kind of accepted his fate he loosened up he became himself and just kind of went with it and this kind of felt like that for me you know uh white rose accepting a face a fate so was facing it as you know who she is rather than as zang because it's, it's zang they've got the warrant for Oh, absolutely. Um, but I don't think... This is not the end of White Rose. Oh, no, no. Uh, I think she, she has been taken in by the FBI here. I, I don't think... I don't think the, the soldiers down there stop them all. I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if we find that the Dark Army won the fight. You know, like, we know I mean, how... We, we, se- yeah. we could. Because uh, we know how severe they can be and how in numbers they are. Um, I... Because I feel like we're going to have White Rose confronting Elliot, and I don't see how that happens if White Rose is in an FBI jail cell. That confrontation sure. is going to happen, and I don't think it's going to be there. Unless they both get arrested, which, I mean, is possible. I mean, maybe yeah. FBI will come after Elliot. <laughs> like it is possible, yeah. That's possible, too. Um, so, but then, do we spend the last few episodes in a jail cell? I don't think so. <laughs> so No. Here's a question. All the, the money that that they stole do we know what they did with it i mean i don't recall uh, not specifically i don't think so i mean um 
Because it was never about getting the money for themselves. It was just about oh, no, taking no, it no, away from them. So did uh, they just uh, distribute it to people? Or I, I would distribute it uh, to charities around the world. I, I wouldn't be too surprised if, if they just, like, every every single person's bank account gets the exact same amount suddenly deposited in it. You know, this just shared up evenly. But I, I definitely felt intimidated by the ending. I, I, I felt like... I do feel acceptance, acceptance that things aren't going to the plan in the way that White Rose expected. But because the plan has been changed, I think White Rose is now the scariest bastard on this show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think White Rose is terrifying at the end of this episode, and I think we should be worried. And I think the fact that this episode is so feel-good and so triumphant-feeling, I feel like you have to worry that the actual it's... ending of the show may be a lot more of a downer. No, that's it. This is too early for such a triumphant moment, right? Because in, in, in many ways... This is exactly what the whole show has been about. It, not thematically, but you know, in the literal sense, taking down the top one percent of the one percent. They just achieved that. That was the mission statement from the opening of the show. They they just won. So, yeah, the fact that that happened, you know, four episodes before the end means, okay, there's still some shit to go through. Yeah, and if if White Rose does want vengeance for this, or uh, or maybe White Rose still believes in the project and somehow tries to like get it going in another way. Or uh, obviously, I have to imagine she's coming for Elliot, if not to extract vengeance, then to kind of force him to help or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, uh, this is the thing because we know at this point she's she's desperate. She's got nothing left to lose. That means and you know much more unpredictable, but also. There's no way she's given up on a goal of right this the the project right. So it's I think it's it's maybe going to be kind of another Vera situation in the sense of okay Elliot I need you to finish this off now. Uh, in the same way that Vera thought he needed Elliot to to you know run his empire. Maybe, but um, as exciting get into these last four episodes. And obviously, we still have to look at that USB stick and see what the the project is. You know, we have they they have that Elliot has that in his possession. Yep. So we can look at that next episode, uh, and White Rose is scary. Uh, these are the big things, and I do, I, and we are going to get the big Elliot Darlene scene where his past and what happened to him as a kid is going to come out in some way, or be spoken about because you may know, but like be spoken about and addressed that he's only just remembered it again um, yeah. in some capacity. So I'm expecting that. A lot of big things. Um, do you remember? Do you remember a time on the show when Joanna was the scariest thing? <laughs> But, like, you know, four episodes left, and it's hard to judge what the plot of the four episodes is going to be. There's a, there's a few specific things there that I've mentioned that I'm expecting, but, you know, I expect a competition with White Rose and Elliot. I'm expecting Darlene and Elliot to have their, their heart-to-heart or some variation of. I'm expecting that USB stick and to sort of learn a bit more about uh, White Rose's plan. And Esmail's promised that by the end of the episode, most things will be answered, if not everything. And End of the show, I assume you meant that. End of the, end of the show, sorry, yeah. So... You know, I expect to get a lot of those answers. So, but the actual plot and how it's going to play out over these last four, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea, and that's perfectly fine. Um, if this sticks to landing, if this sticks to landing, uh, this is easily already in the top five shows of all time. If it sticks to landing, it'll be vying for top three. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's why I, I tweeted earlier, and we're doing our, our top TV shows of the decade soon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to spoil my list, but this is going to be pretty high. I would expect so. I would expect so. Uh, but that has been uh, Mr. Robot, episode nine of season four. We have four episodes left, and what they could be after this is, is something else. Um, do, does it finally go science fiction in the last four episodes? After it's all? kind of nice to have a bit of a unknown quantity of what next because like you know we've had this this meeting as the, the driving point for most of the season so it's like well what now mm. so here we go here we go into the final stretch so uh that has been episode nine so let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff gets on the twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the show and everything we do here and keep all the content coming you can do that in a couple of different ways you can rate the podcast on apple podcast give us five stars more people will find us that way uh, any interaction on youtube does help liking subscribing commenting all that stuff uh you can of course support us financially over at patreon.com slash mail tv uh, you can do that for as little as one dollar per month you get bonuses uh, outtakes you get bonuses 
episodes of some of the uh, the movie podcasts that we do, uh, the higher tiers you get voting rates for some of the shows, and you get like producer credits and so on and so on. So uh, go and have a look and see if you want to do any of that. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates and uh, check out other stuff that we've got going uh, right now Watchmen's on me and Taro have been reviewing that uh, me and Connor of course have been reviewing The Mandalorian uh, coming just next week The Expanse is back Wait, is that next week? it must be you, you might be right I'm just it's kind of crept up on me it must be next week because we're on in December yeah, yeah it is it's just over a week away that is uh, that's great news yeah season 4 Expanse uh, which is a great show uh, so if you haven't if you haven't watched Expanse all of us on Amazon Prime now uh, catch up in the next week and come back and watch you, season you, four with us. You really should. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?